Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA, and today we are thrilled to have back with us Chad Buckner. He is coming to us from the Trent Severn Waterway, and he's got some general updates about how this season is going so far. And also we'll share some of the highlights of the Trent Severn system with us. So before we jump in with Chad, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Chad Buckner, thanks so much for being back with us today. Hey, thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure to be back and, uh, you know, nice to be a little bit better of a situation right now to be talking to all of you here from a sort of a hot sunny day here in Peterborough. Yes, and we, uh, I guess we last saw you at an AGLCA event, at least in the spring rendezvous back in early May. And I know you've been really busy since then getting started, getting ready for the season to get started. Um, And I guess it kind of started with a bang up there for you. But Let's start for those who are maybe new to Great Loop Radio and and watching and listening to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what you do there for the Trent Severn. Perfect. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, uh, my name is Chad Buckner. I'm the manager of operations. So I oversee all operations of the Trent Severn Waterway and also the visitor experience program. Um, I've been working with Parks Canada and specific on the waterway since uh, 1999. Uh, my, My father was also a lock master on the system. So I spent a lot of my time sort of around canals and around boating and specifically around these locks. So, you know, I'm born and raised in Peterborough, um, but very fortunate, especially with the job that I do. So, you know, I've had I've spent time managing the Rideau Canal, you know, the the Trent Severn Waterway from the operations, the maintenance, but also get to travel quite a bit and spent a lot of time, you know, even in around New York. So, you know, and working in partnership with the New York State Canals, too. So. Always a great pleasure. It's a great pleasure to be here in front of the loopers and with this group, but um, very importantly, it's a, it's a great pleasure to to manage this system of, of truly spectacular canals and, and probably the best boating ground in the world and um, getting to welcome people like the loopers that come from all over, not over the United States, Canada and everywhere in between. So um, it's great to be a part of this and getting to hear, you know, sort of everyone's experiences, their own eyes, and I'm sort of fortunate through that. So yeah, very fortunate here and um, lucky to have some of the best staff in the world that work for me as well. And, you know, even hearing stories, you know, just the, just the other day from, you know, a couple of our loopers as well from getting to have the experiences with Scott and some of our team members down in box six and unfortunate circumstances right now. Yeah, and, and most loopers do put a positive spin on things. Um, so let's <laughs> let's start with the good news. So there has been a closure on the water bay, but you kind of have some good news for us related to that closure. So let's start with the good news and then we'll back That's... into what was going on in the last week or so. Yeah, perfect. So um, we'll we'll resume our operations, you know, for the, the entire Trent Severn waterway from Trenton Lock 1 all the way up to Lock 27 in Young's Point. Um, we'll be back to um, normal service, normal operations effective tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And for those listening, you know, maybe after or after tomorrow, tomorrow's June 24th, Friday morning at 9 a.m. will be fully operational for the entire system. Yeah. So by the time we put this out there, the system will already be fully operational. So let's make sure everyone has that straight. 
um, because we know there are loopers um, kind of stacking up, waiting to go into the Trent Severn because it is considered by many to kind of be the crown jewel of the Great Loop. And um, of course, the system was opened. Tell us a little bit about when you opened for the season and then what kind of led up to the closure that's been going on for the last, not even a week, but you know, the last four or five days, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So we opened on Friday, May twentieth. We got off to a fairly good start. So you know, I think the last time I was down with um, the the entire group, um, it, we were just rapidly getting open, draining off a lot of the meltwater, and um, we're actually into ironic a fairly dry spell up here in Canada where we hadn't seen rain in a long time. Mm -hmm. While our spring rain that we're accustomed to and used to, um, instead of that hitting in April or the early part of May, that sort of caught us in June. So. Um, we, we dealt with a lot of rain across our entire watershed from um, Halliburton and for those Canadian um, up to um, the system all the way up to Algonquin Park across the entire watershed um, experience, you know, a month, a month worth of rain within a couple of days. Um, and due to that, um, just with the rising water levels and moving that water through our dam system, we had to open up a lot of our dams. And when we get past a certain threshold of water flow, um, it just becomes very challenging and a safety concern for us, for boaters traveling, especially near our lock systems and lock chambers. So we made a very difficult decision and, you know, we're optimistic that it would be a quick decision, which thankfully it was, um, to suspend operations for the bottom half of our system, you know, from lock 27 Young's Point down to Trenton, you know, due to the water velocities that we were moving through. But again, I will honestly say thank you to our team that, our lock tenders also operate the lock or the dams that operate the um, that regulate the water level. Sorry, and um, they've been fast at work in moving all of this water through and opening up all of our dams and ensuring that our boaters were secured in, in in reasonable locations where, you know, knowing we'd probably be five days to to you know up to ten days depending on if we had any rain. So moving all that water through the system really afforded us a good opportunity to get back open and back operational with. Um, seasonal water levels and seasonal water flows for this time of year, which puts us in good condition for the rest of the operating season. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the people who will watch and listen to this are on the loop right now. A lot are planning on looping in the coming years. So I'm sure people are curious about the loopers and the other boaters who were already in the system when the closure started. So, of course, you kind of prevented others from start leaving Trenton and heading into the system. But so um, one of the, the looper couples, I think you were alluding to earlier is aboard Compass Rose. And that is one of the boats who was already in the system. So kind of explain when, when you decide, okay, it's gonna be necessary for the boater's safety to you know, have those boats, you're, you're suspending operations. What do you do? Um, where do you place the boats that are already in the system? How do you make those decisions? Yeah, so what, what we'll tend to do is we'll go and use our, our lock personnel that are working the stations and grab, you know, an idea of where the boaters are, where they're going, how many boats, um, the style of vessels that they are. And then from there, you know, looking at the lake levels that we have above us, um, managing that and then giving timely warning to the, like, typically the boaters that are in the system will find out before the media actually finds out. It's ironic with the power of social media now. The idea that we were closing actually broke the news before we actually even had a chance to get to the media because our lock staff members were working with those boaters to determine where they were ended up going or where they were intending on getting to. 
arrive at that destination. And that's how we base our decisions on, you know, to not try to inconvenience people too much to get them to a, a secure landing spot, you know, ideally for, for us in operations and me in particular, in a reach that's a little bit larger. Because, you know, some of the challenges when you move this kind of water through a system, and especially a narrow river, um, many of our locks for those loopers that are traveling through, we'll see they're very short reaches. They're, they're not very long, especially in the southern area. So those tend to rise and fall really quick. So we try to secure our boats to spots within communities that I talk about all the time. Um, so there's other activities for them to do um, to our locations that have shore power and also in particular to our lock stations that have a bigger reach so we can better manage that. And then throughout the closure, we take indication of where those boat traffic are and then our lock staff will check in with them every day and then we we watch the water levels in a 24-hour basis and put um, basically indicators on there to make sure that our water levels don't fluctuate too much to put any of those boat traffic that are there in harm. So a lot of work goes in. It's sort of funny even this re resort back to now that we're opening tomorrow and sort of going through everything. There's a lot of work that goes into that but fairly happy that we were able to complete it fairly quickly with a really strong team and most importantly get back to operating and doing what we do best and that's locking boats. Yeah and like I said we've heard from members who were part of that process and um, you know and everyone would certainly like to be able to be on their way but they really had it sounds like a fabulous time where they stayed put I think they were at Hastings if I'm not mistaken yeah um at, at uh, yeah so um you know they enjoyed that time they enjoyed the town so um kind of making lemons lemonades out of le the lemons that they were served but you know I, I think from doing this for a while a lot of the lot closures become some of people's you know best moments on the loop because it tends we've seen it on the erie canal we've seen it in the trent severin um when things floods whatever other weather events cause those closures people really get to stay put and learn about the town that they're in and, and the locals are always so helpful um, so i think it's been a good experience for the people that were already in the system and i know that there are many more getting ready to head your way so now that we've kind of covered what, what's been going on currently i'd like to shift and talk a little bit about to what folks can expect this year in particular but kind of in general from the trent severin so before we make that shift let me just pause for a moment and play a message from one of our sponsors and we'll come back and, and talk about the beauty of the Trent Severn. So we'll be back in a moment. Our friends at Argo Navigation have created a free boating app that gives AGLCA boaters an easier way to plan their trip, navigate safely, and share information with fellow loopers. Argo has nautical chart coverage throughout North America, auto or manual routing, depths and tracks to avoid shallow water, trip details while en route, and a captain's log to save everything. You can also see other boaters, message them, and share experiences with in-app social features. Coming soon is a premium version with weather, wind, tides, offline charts, and more. Download the Argo Boating app on the App Store or Google Play. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Our guest today is Chad Buckner. He is the manager of operations for the Parks Canada, uh, I guess all the canals for Parks Canada for Ontario and Quebec. And he is today sharing with us about the Trent Severn. So Chad, let's talk a little bit. First of all, um, I've heard from a few people recently who were a little bit worried because they did not pre-order their lockage and mooring passes online. So um, tell, tell us where people can pick those up once they're ready to enter the system if they didn't pre-order those. 
Yeah, and, and especially I think it's very important to say that before you set sail, especially if you don't get into the early early bird promotions that we operate. If you if you're going to be on our system within ten days, um, I strongly recommend to just purchase your permits at the very first lock station that you come to. Um, so all of our lock staff members, they have the ability to sell all of the suite of permits that we have. So for any loopers coming across the water, whether they're going to be entering in, in Kingston, Ottawa, or if, on the Rideau, if they're coming over to the Trent uh, in Trenton or Port Severn, the very first lock station you come to, just see one of our lock staff members and they'll be able to sell you the full suite of permits. So strongly recommend now, especially um, just buy those permits when you come to the first lock. And good to know because I think some people who didn't think or didn't know to order them online heard from others who had ordered them online and were a little bit worried it was something that had to be shipped to them. So they will be very glad to know that they can take care of that at the first lock station they come to. Um, explain also the difference because this seems to cause some confusion for, for loopers sometimes. Um, you have um, lockage passes and mooring passes or permits, I guess, locking and moorage. So explain you know, whether loopers would need both of those or if just one of them. Yeah, I, it, it really depends on how long you're gonna be on our system. So you're definitely, so a lockage permit allows you to lock through all of our lock stations. So there's, for the loopers, there's two in particular. There's the seasons permit, which I do recommend the seasons permit. So if you're gonna be going up and down or you wanna do a few of our signature assets a few times, or if you have friends or family coming in and you want to revert back to do whether it be a particular town or whatnot a seasons permit gets you unlimited locking all summer long on all canals that are operated in canada um, now a mooring permit is gives you the ability to stay overnight at any one of our lock stations or our parks whether it be in the thousand islands georgian bay islands the trent Severn, the rideau or quebec and a season's mooring permit is unlimited stays at any of our lock stations as you're going through. So there, those, those are the really the, the three permits. And then again, I guess I missed the transit permit. So a transit permit is a very popular permit with this group um, because it's a one-way passage. So it's as many, like all of the locks, if you start in Trenton and you have no way you're gonna turn around and do other locks again, it's just a one-way pass. So it's Trenton, to Port Severn and all the way through the system. And that's slightly cheaper. That is $5 per foot for a transit permit. And for a seasons permit, which is unlimited locking is $9 and 50 cents. And very important, um, Kim, and for all the loopers, talk to the lock staff before you buy your permits when you go to the lock stations. Talk to them about your trip and your plans of travel and the kind of traveler that you are. They are a great resource and they'll be able to guide you to what's the most appropriate permit to buy. Okay, excellent. That's really helpful. Um, so for those who are kind of new to this whole concept, tell us why the Trent Severin is so popular and why it's kind of, you know, one of the gems of the Great Loop. This is your chance to brag on the system a little bit. I, I think I can do that. I think for most <laughs> of your people that have seen me speak before or have met me before, they, they know how passionate we are about you know, all of our systems here, but the trend specifically, again, for me, I'm a little biased, I'm born and raised here, but there, there's no other place in the world that you can vote, that you get a system of, you know, small towns that like are truly built around the canal. The canal was here, and then these little towns came in after, you know, and they're really all have these unique small town Canadian charm to them. So you got a mix of rivers, you have a mix of historically operated locks to where 
our lock staff walk around in circles and then they open the gates the way that they would have been designed and still with the same operating procedures that were done you know in the early 1900s when they opened and then you have sort of what I call sort of the engineering marvels of our system where there's the only places that you're going to go in North America and you're going to you know be at the Peterborough lift lock which is the world's highest hydraulic lift lock and you know not like a lock at all where it's two bathtubs on a teeter-totter you know covered covered in basically a hundred year old concrete that lifts boats on an elevator um, up 65 feet to the other side and it's only 90 seconds so it's it's over before you know it. So even if you're afraid of heights, you can close your eyes and in less than two minutes, you'll be on the top and on your way. So it's quite, quite the experience. And then further up the system, when you get in through the, the heart of the Korthas, the Korthas are really what Canadians do to go and enjoy cottage country. So, you know, it's just an hour, hour and maybe 10 minutes from Toronto. Um, it's a series of lakes you know, that is really to truly encaptures everything it is about recreational boating. Um, you go through Stony Lake and there's Sunday church services that are on an island, restaurants that are on islands that you can only go to by boat, festivals and regattas that, you know, are still in existence from, you know, the early 1900s. Um, and then moving further up into our small town charm, you know, um, communities along the way. You get into another um, hydraulic lift lock like Peterborough, which is ironically the second highest hydraulic lift lock in the world, and that's Kirkfield, to where instead of concrete, it's steel. So it's all made of steel and a steel webbing structure that raises boats 47 feet, you know, up and down into the um, up and down to the two different water bodies. So really spectacular. And in the very top of our system, we're traveling outside of um, um, Lake Simcoe and heading into Georgian Bay. We have the only marine railway um, in North America and, and, you know, around. I haven't even seen another one except for in China. But um, it's the Big Shoot Marine Railway that takes the boats high and dry out of the water over a three-story high cart, over a cliff, across the road, and into the other side where really you get an amazing vista when you're up there and sort of going over. And one of my favorite things is sort of watching all the land-based people sort of looking up at you as they're driving on this cottage road. And then they see this massive sort of train cart carrying massive boats going over the road and into the other side. It's it's really one of those real special treats and a real engineering marvel as well. So that's, I think, you know, besides the water and besides the community and the cleanliness and the friendliness that you will experience when you travel through the system, not only from our staff, but our locals, um, it really is a system of navigation that's one truly special um, with the assets that we have. The people that operate them but it's a community that's just built around boating so there's just such a passion for boaters and i think in particular the loopers themselves you guys are like really have a massive fan club in ontario where there is such an you know an energy around the loopers where it's honestly every time i'm out in the field and now that there's a lot of people really understand the loopers relationship with us in parks canada it's one of the most prominent questions that I get. How many loopers are on the system? When are they coming? Where are they? Who, wh what boat has traveled the farthest to get here? And um, it's really one of those special things. And that's what I think really makes our system so unique and special is just all of those elements that just sort of play perfectly together that presents our canal. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a great overview. And that um, 
it's it's kind of a, a mutual fondness because the loopers always are raving about the staff on the Trent Severn and the lock staff and the locals. Um, and I know, Chad, you have done a remarkable job of kind of bringing that um, passion that you have, having grown up on the system and instilling that in the lock masters that are, you know, uh, college students working for the summer or professional lock masters. It doesn't seem to matter. They all seem to be, you know, really excited about what they're doing, which is just great to see and really makes for a great experience for loopers because they love to talk about their adventure. Um, we love to hear about the local towns. And, you know, that's part of the adventure for us as loopers is to find out more about the local areas. So I'm hope to be there in about two weeks. I'm super excited, but um, kind of tell us at a minimum, how much time should loopers expect to take to go through the Trent Severin? You know, how much, how many days should we set aside at a minimum? And then kind of on the high end, if you want to stop and see and do everything there is to see and do on the Trent Severin, how much time would you say they should allow for that? So I'd say minimum, um, minimum seven days to do the entire system. Um, it's been done quicker. It's been done in five um, over the last few years, but I would say realistic seven day travel with sort of normal days of travel in between. Now, on average, the average looper now is traveling through our system in 14 to 15 days, right in between those two marks. And that's from the time they enter into Trenton and exit out of Port Severn. Personally, I feel like that is the most reasonable amount of time because that's going to allow you to stop in the little communities, be a part of the communities, and you don't want to rush through this. And I think that's probably the one point when I'm in front of the audience with you guys in person is you've traveled all this way. You've made you know, the decision to venture into another country and to come and see our, our system of navigation. You might not do it again. So I think you have to really take the time, watch the locks operate before you go through, get immerse yourself within this community and everything else. So like do the locks multiple times, get your photos, get your videos. So personally, um, I think 15 days would be what I would travel through with my own family if I was going through from start to finish, but we could do it in just under a week if we needed to. Mm -hmm. So give us you know, some of the stats. How many miles is the, the whole system? How many locks? Um, because that also might help people to kind of uh, you know, put some parameters around their planning. Yeah, so 202 miles from start to finish and um, 44 lock stations you know, over, over our entire system. Um, and for people planning through, you'll, again, you'll, you'll start slower because the lock stations at Trenton to Hastings are closer together. On average, it takes about 20 minutes to go through a normal conventional lock that we have. Um, and then you're going to have your natural stops in Frankfurt, in Campbellford, Hastings, Peterborough, Lakefield, um, and then up into Bob Cajun, Buckhorn, Fenland Falls. So you're not, once you get into the heart of our system, it's odd. Everything opens up because we have a lot of lakes um, in that spot, but it's as much as it opens up we actually slow down going through there because there's a lot to take in like each each community or each lock station in those central lakes are communities so you won't travel quite as far as you normally would as you would in the southern area where in the southern area you're doing about an average of six locks a day most loopers are doing six locks a day and then when you get up into the court as you're doing one maybe two locks a day until you exit out the system in port severn now we have a lot of loopers who prefer marinas and we have a lot of loopers who prefer to anchor and of course um, many also enjoy tying up to a lock wall when it's in the heart of town so 
are there ample resources of all of those? And I also know there are a few lock walls on the, uh, the Trent Severn system that actually have power as well. So if you could point those out to us also. So that was kind of a, a, two questions in one, <laughs> um, but kind of tell us, what kind, you know. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and kind of give us your, your impression of dockage, walls to tie up and anchorages. And obviously we're talking about a wide spectrum of, of geography as well. So just kind of, you know, the highlights of any places we should expect any issues. So I'd say for, um, let's start with um, maybe people who are more prone to anchoring out into the system. Um, um, expect to anchor out more in the lakes. Um, so the rivers, and, and, and especially right now, um, we're still moving a lot of water from the rain events that we've had. So in the river sections of our system, they're fairly narrow. So remember our dams are attached to our lock stations. So, you know, at this point until probably better part of maybe mid-July, I wouldn't recommend anchoring on river sections. So that would be from Trenton to Hastings um, in particular. I, I would recommend staying at our lock station walls. Um, once you get through Peterborough, everything opens up quite a bit. Um, the only thing that we would recommend is not to anchor, obviously, inside the navigational channel. And uh, there is a resource, um, it's the Ports book. I use it myself. Um, they have a really good highlight of all of the different anchorages as to where you can and a pretty good overview of some of the, um, the different marinas across our system. So two resources that I think are reasonably important if you're going to travel through for the first time. One is the Ports Guide, the Ports Booklet. Um, and then the other one is the Boating Ontario Guides for Marinas. Um, that lists all the marinas across Ontario, but also all of their amenities and services that are provided. You can pick those up at our lock stations as well when you go through and grab those. So I recommend um, those items for anyone traveling through, especially for the first time. So stay overnight. So we have, we've added shore power as well. We call it shore power in, um, in Canada. Um, so we have shore power Frankfurt um, and then the shore power now just added at Lakefield, um, the Buckhorn Lock, the Bob Cajun Lock, Fenland Falls Lock are the ones that we actually have shore power. Um, the other lock stations um, are all fairly close proximity to marinas as well, um, but we are working on expanding our shore power connectivity. Um, but um, in those particular spots, especially in July, you'll probably need a generator to run um, to keep the AC going because the one thing we do know like today, it gets pretty hot up here. So um, especially in the evening. So those are the spots where I'd recommend. Um, and for those people, I'll hit a few and I'll just sort of ad lib on a couple of your questions, Kim. So yeah. where you're looking for um, community activities, uh, um, there's plenty, right? So if I'm going to come through the system and I want to have more activities or to see the little maybe bigger city or do the restaurant stuff, um, the communities I'd be going to, small community, but Campbellford, um, Peterborough is probably a day where I'm going to spend a few days, but I'm going to stay in the Peterborough Marina. Um, it's right downtown, right in the heart of Peterborough steps from all of the restaurants, the theater, and anything else that you might do. Um, all of our lock stations going from there in all the small communities are right in those communities. So Lakefield's close, um, Buckhorn's small community, but right in the heart. Bob Cajun is the, the lock station, is the community. Same with Fenland Falls. And then Aurelia. Aurelia is one of those spots when you get out through the Talbot River and heading over um, to Lake Simcoe. Um, I strongly recommend going to the community of Aurelia before you pass out of our system on the entire way. For the couple of the boaters that maybe like a little bit more peace and quiet and maybe don't want to do 
maybe get more of the authentic wilderness or Canadian experience um, and just looking for a quieter night. I strongly recommend, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have anyone skip by Lovesick. Lovesick's lock 30 on our system. It's an island. So it's the one spot where you'll be able, there's two spots in particular, but Lovesick is that one spot where you'll be able to hide from the fan club of looper lovers and because um, you can only get to it by boat. So lovesick is that peace and quiet location. And the other one on the very high end of our system, Swift Rapids. Um, it's so isolated that our lock staff boat in and out of work every day and very quiet. Um, you can see quite literally every star in the sky up there. So um, both locations, if you're looking for that quiet night, I recommend that. But most importantly, our lock staff, I cannot rave, or I'm rave about them enough. They're your concierge service on the ground. They know the answers to pretty much every question. They're, they're more knowledgeable than I am. So if you're going through the system and you have, just tell them what your expectations are and what you're looking for. They'll guide you to exactly ensure that your needs are met with the expectations and the nights that you're looking to have. Can't wait. It's all very exciting. Um, a very important question for you, though. There are many loopers who are partial to butter tarts, which is a Canadian pastry, as you know, Chad, <laughs> as many of them may not. I myself am partial to Kawartha Lakes ice cream. Can't get enough yes. of that. <laughs> so what are some of the, um, you know, some of your favorite sweets, um, whether it's butter tarts or ice cream or something can, totally different that we can stir the pot a little bit with the controversy over what the best thing is? Oh my God, that's a great question, but I'm probably the worst one for it because I don't have much of a sweet tooth. It's sort of weird. Like I'm one of the, the rare ones who's not, heavy on the sweet tooth but i'll tell you this so my daughter is my youngest daughter is eight lives and dies by poutine like even to the point where it's weird she'll go to a fast food restaurant and try to order poutine and we're like no you just can't like so we you have to do the chip trucks like so you can't come through the system without you know experiencing chip trucks like just the every community has them um again my youngest she could probably tell you exactly where the best poutine truck is. She's going to be biased in Peterborough. Um, but that's my secret treat for her. You've, you've nailed the ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, we, again, it's probably the advantage that we have here with the amount of dairy farmers around. Um, we have um, a couple really great ice cream spots. Um, myself, I, I'm, a, I'm a small town restaurant kind of guy. I, I personally um that's probably my favorite thing is just going into these communities and hitting restaurants and locally owned restaurants um but again i don't eat many of the desserts but yeah. uh, my son the other day um he ordered a, which is odd at one of these trucks and he was raving about a deep fried mars bar it's so really? weird. so oh. <laughs> weird but the key thing is cheese curd. Cheese curd's big, so it's um, that's what we make our poutine out of. Um, the chocolate factory I always go to in um, when I'm going through Campbellford. You can't go through Canada without hitting one of our bakeries and hitting our donut shops. Um, we absolutely love donuts. I like donuts, so you know what, Kim? I forgot. There is one. Sorry. Okay. I got it now. When I go to Campbellford. I cannot leave Campbellford without getting this donut. It's um, it's at Dewar's Bakery. It's a, a wagon wheel kind of donut cut in half, filled with whipped cream and a chocolate glaze over the top of it. It's at it's the Dewar's Donut Special Donut. You have to get there in the morning. 
because it goes quick. So it's right in the downtown of um, Campbellford. And normally I don't recommend private businesses, but that is my spot. And now thinking about it, I'm actually starting to salivate. So it's the doers down at Red Bar. That's Sounds the number delicious. one. I will definitely check that out. Um, before we wrap up, anything I didn't ask about or any tips that you have for those who are headed your way? No, I, 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 don't, I think the best tip that I could always give, especially when you're on the water, I think there, it is a very important note. Our, our, our team members, they understand sometimes, you know, you're, you're away from home. Many, many, of, uh, many of your people traveling, you're in a different country. Um, some of you are thousands of miles away from your family or sometimes just connecting to little things. So they understand that and they really appreciate everybody coming back. And I can tell you, especially over the last couple of very difficult years with COVID, there is such an excitement right now for this group and all of you to enter back into our country. And my team is very excited about it. So the most important tip is just immerse yourself with them, talk, get to know them, especially when you're staying overnight. They're some of the most friendliest people around and they will guide you to the best cup of coffee. They'll guide you to the donuts that I'm talking about mm -hmm. or to their favorite things. Well, I might not have a sweet tooth. If you met a lot of my staff, they have a pretty good sweet tooth. They'll guide you to that certain spot within their community. So that's my number one tip. Perfect. And I actually have uh, here on the boat, I am carrying the gorgeous paddle that you presented us at the spring <laughs> rendezvous. Um, so I can't wait to get to lock 18 with that. Um, and for those of you who weren't at the spring round, I've ever didn't see some of the social media posts, um, the staff back in 2019, I believe it was um, at lock 18, uh, took a beautiful hand carved wooden paddle, had all the loopers coming through, sign it, sign it, and then varnished it. And with the intention of presenting it at the spring 2022, I'm sorry, spring 2020 rendezvous. And then of course, COVID happened. So um, Chad and everyone there at the, the Trent Severin held on to that for us and presented it at this year's 2022 Spring Rendezvous. So I've got it aboard and um, can't wait to get there with it and um, show them how much we appreciate it. So Chad, we also appreciate you being here. Thanks for once again, giving us some of your time. One thing though, yeah. um, Pat and Jeremy are both at Hastings. So they're back together again at that spot. They don't know your comic. So oh, wow. they, they, we've tried to keep it away from them. So when you see them and you're gonna have the paddle, they're finally going to get that sort of name face with you directly. So oh, they perfect. know a bunch of loopers are in the system, but they yeah. don't know you in particular coming back with their paddles. So Pat and Jeremy, they're going to be pretty surprised when they see you in a few weeks. Excellent. Can't wait to surprise them with it then. I'll look forward to that. Perfect. All right. Chad, thanks for sharing all of the details. We greatly appreciate it. And um, here's to a very smooth, uh, smooth season from here on out throughout the system. And I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Perfect. Thanks, Kim. See you later, loopers. Thanks. Enjoy your trip. Thank you. And thanks to everyone who's joined us today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.